I seek the everlasting ices of the north. Mary Shelley Isostasy Displacement from the advance or retreat of a glacier. I am a poem, Sylvie once thought, swollen like a springtime river. Lights whirled in dark, music and memory. Then her father ran off, and her mother became obsessed with a glacier, and she realized this was what happened to girls who believed themselves poems. Poems, in fact, being prone to bad turns and misunderstandings. Before the glacier, Sylvie's mother had been ordinary and dependable, a plain woman with kind eyes, unlike her father who was dashing and quick, with a flair for the dramatic. When he'd come home cursing his boss in the Ford Parts Department, or when he'd blow up at the neighbor for turning his dog loose, Sylvie's mother would massage the base of his neck and speak calm, soothing words. After he left Minnesota for Florida in the company of Mirabelle, a redhead from the dealership, Sylvie cried in long, heaving sobs every night for a week, and because she cried, her sister Anna did too, and there was nothing poetic in their sorrow, no words for it even. With her soft, steady voice and her fingers stroking their hair, Sylvie's mother assured the girls that their father loved them, whether he was still in Pine Lake or not. For her mother's sake, Sylvie tried to pretend this was so, though in truth she doubted it deeply. She wished her mother would cry, wished she would wail and scream and flail, wished she would rage at something, at someone, at anyone, even at Sylvie. Instead, her mother's smile, always ready, became automatic, as if by the push of a button her lips made their slight upward turn. She roused the girls every day at precisely 6.30, even on weekends. She sliced bananas over their oatmeal and sprinkled brown sugar, one tablespoon each. She sipped coffee brewed in a new pot that made only one cup and ate toast spread thin with peach preserves and deflected Sylvie's complaints that no one else ate oatmeal for breakfast. She rinsed the dishes and loaded the dishwasher, glasses on top, bowls on the bottom, spoons up, butter knives down, and she folded tidy waxed paper over sandwiches cut on the diagonal, peanut butter and apple for Anna, cream cheese and turkey for Sylvie, both on wheat bread no matter how Anna begged for white the old-fashioned wrapping an embarrassment to Sylvie, who turned her wishes to small things like thin, transparent plastic. The tiniest quiver in her mother's smile hinted at their shared understanding, hers and Sylvie's, of how a single uncontrolled moment could upend everything. Not long after Sylvie's father drove off, her mother took the girls for their annual physicals, Dr. Temple was the only pediatrician in Pine Lake, and for as long as Sylvie could remember, she had been ushered to him for every sniffle and cough. She was humiliated at the idea of the old doctor with his hairy hands and long ears poking her cold naked chest where breasts had recently sprouted. She begged to be taken to Gainesville, to the sprawling clinic where no one would know her, but her mother refused insisting, of course, on their usual routine. 
so Sylvie planted herself in a corner of Dr. Temple's waiting room, apart from her mother and sister, and buried her head in a book as she tried not to choke on the heavy smell that hangs over medical places, part alcohol and part cleaning products, foolishly confident that after her father's sudden departure, things at least couldn't get any worse. From the doorway that separated the waiting room from the business inside, Dr. Temple's nurse called for Sylvie and Anna. When their mother rose to join them, the nurse suggested the girls were old enough to see the doctor alone. But Anna is only five, Sylvie's mother said through her auto smile. She just started kindergarten. The nurse cupped a milky white hand over Anna's shoulder.